and welcome to Two Sober Chicks. I'm Lisa. I'm Julie. Welcome back. So, uh, we thought it would be appropriate since we're coming up on the holiday season. Have you attended any holiday parties? I have not, and you know what? I'm basically going to miss them all because my month is so stacked with stuff and I'm really upset. Because my favorite one, the Lansing Group here in Toronto, it is unreal. The buffet goes for 60 feet. Like, it's crazy. And the... The tables are set out and there's candles and it's open sharing and the lights are dim and I go in my pajamas. I'm so disappointed to miss it. In your pajamas, that's so cute. I love the one that, um, I used to be a member of High Park for a couple of years and I like that one too. They do a candlelight dinner and uh, it's a yeah. potluck. And then upstairs they actually go into the, they usually go into that cathedral area and everyone sits in the pews. And then Mm. they stand up, they take turns, everyone takes turns standing up and they get a two minute share on gratitude. I love that. Um, So that one's a nice one too. And it is a great time of year too, especially for a a lot of people who don't have family. Yeah. Um, And AA is their family. Then you get to go to all these different groups and connect with people and have food and yeah, it's like just, it's in so much fun. In the month of December, if you keep an ear out, you can go twice a week, the whole month, maybe even three times, and go to holiday meetings yeah. where you are fed, where the gratitude is like bursting out of the room, where everybody just feels like extended family. Or you run into some newcomers who are struggling Mm. because it's the first holiday season without booze in their lives and they don't know how they're going to cope and they don't know how they're going to get through the holidays, let alone the next 24 hours. Yeah. And that's really good too because you have some experience, strength and hope to share with those people because you've been through that and and you can remember when. I can remember when. I can remember my first Christmas and it felt... It felt terrible. It felt hopeless and and sad because I was focusing on the loss of booze. It was like I was in mourning. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I remember feeling anxious. I remember feeling a mixture, like Christmas Eve and the first New Year's Eve. And I'm not really a New Year's person, but I was an at-home drinker. I remember thinking, I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning and I'm not going to be hungover. And that was exciting. Yeah. Not to have to fake it. Um, but also feeling a lot of anxiety because I couldn't turn to my best friend to help me feel the feelings that I thought that I was really feeling, which Mm -hmm. is connection with other people. Cause I had a hard time connecting with other people. Yeah. So I couldn't turn to booze anymore to be my filter or my tether. Yeah. And when I looked back on it, you know, it's funny because when I first came in, I thought, I can't imagine the rest of my life without alcohol. What's life going to be like? It's going to be boring. Uh, you know, it's going to be painful. I had all these ideas in my head and it's been exactly the opposite of everything that I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, and then when I honestly evaluated my past where drinking played such a huge part, like New Year's Eve and the parties that I'd been to, I, I cannot remember until I got sober, there was not a sober from the time I started drinking. So from the time I was 16 onward, there was not a single New Year's Eve that I wasn't drunk mm-hmm. and that something messy happened. Something shitty happened. Yeah. And I wasn't happy. I was miserable. And I was just drowning it, you know? Um, and I can remember, too, like, going to parties. I had to pre-drink to go to parties. Yeah, a lot of people I know pre-drink. I needed to get the fuel in there 
to get myself in the mood to go out and be social. (laughs) (laughs) There might be a problem if you can't be social without alcohol. Yeah. And now, it's funny too, like New Year's used to be such an important uh, holiday for me and it's not now. Um, I save a lot of money because I don't have to try to book into fancy expensive restaurants because that's like one of the most expensive nights of the year. Yeah. And it's not that big a deal anymore. And I, I don't know. I still, I, and if I do go somewhere, I am engaging with people before they get shit-faced. I'm having good conversations. I'm a good listener. Uh, I'm enjoying myself. I'm doing fun things. So it's completely different. But there was a time when I didn't think that any of that was going to be possible. Um, so some holiday tips, some things that we've learned over the years. We thought maybe it might be good to pass on to some of you, if this is your first holiday season, your first Hanukkah, your first uh, Christmas, whatever you celebrate or don't celebrate, there's probably going to be family around at this time of year. Um, so how do you manage around booze? Yeah, and even if it's not your first, if this brings up anxiety for you, maybe yeah. some of these techniques you already know and this will just remind you of how you're going to cope with it. Mm-hmm. Like, how about, I don't know if this has happened to you in the last several years, but have you been gifted booze? No, not in a really long time. Okay, that's happened to me, not last year, but the year before a couple of times. Stuff was sent to me at my condo, and I basically went down, didn't know what it was, saw it, and looked at the security guard and said, do you drink? Yeah. Here you go. Yeah. I did, uh, I'm trying to think, I was a year and a half sober. And I was at a brand new job. It was like what I thought was going to be my dream job. I'd always wanted to be at this place. And I got hired there. And uh, the holiday party was coming up. And I wanted to go. I wanted to be a part of. But it was a heavy, an organization that drank heavily Mm. and celebrated booze and cocaine and all these other things. Um, It seemed to be the norm for everybody. And... During the day at the office, they did a draw because they got a lot of uh, free (laughs) things. And so they were giving away all these free things and everybody got raffle tickets. So, of course, I got some raffle tickets. And what did I get? I got the most coveted prize in the room. Everybody wanted it. And go figure, the fucking sober girl gets it. It was over $300 worth of booze. (laughs) (laughs) And one of the things was like one of those giant Texas Mickey's. And in of the past, course, that course. would have been like the best Christmas ever. Yeah. Right? I, and I was like, great. <laughs> Fantastic. And then I think I turned to somebody else in the room and said, do you want this? And I gave it away. Yeah. So, um, and yeah. Like so that I've was my never, experience with booze. When it's been gifted to me, what I haven't done is made the first person feel awkward and uncomfortable. It's mm-hmm. always been, because if they're giving me booze, they don't really know they me. They don't know you. Yeah. So it's, thank you so much. That's so kind and so generous. Yeah. And if I have to, if I have to, I'll toss it before it comes up to wherever I have to be because I don't want booze in my car, in my place. I don't want it within reach of me. No. It's just not a good idea for me. Yeah. So... I have no qualms. I don't care if it's a $500 bottle of whatever. It'll go in the garage before it'll make its way around me. This is one time when it's perfectly acceptable to re-gift, however. Yes. <laughs> and you can give it to somebody else who, you know, is not a drunk. They're not an alcoholic, but they're a connoisseur of fine wine or something. Right. You can give... I hadn't been in a liquor store in many, many years. And then 
I thought, oh my God, I should, I'm going to this event. I should bring wine for the host. And I went in and I bought a bottle of wine for the host. Ooh. And, um, and that was weird. It was yeah. weird to be in a liquor store and to be purchasing wine. Um, and then I didn't do it again. I thought, you know what? There's other things I can give. I don't need to yes. give the traditional bottle of wine. Yeah. So that relieved some pressure off of me. Yeah. Um, uh, I was just at an, a holiday party, a family holiday party, where there's a, a big ice bucket with all the liquor in it and beer and wine on ice. Were you at my family's house? <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a, a punch bowl next to that. And I just ask, is this? Is there any alcohol in the punch? And no, there's not, but there's a bottle right there. You just add your own to your cup. I said, great, thank you. And I had this beautiful fruit punch and, you know, being next to the liquor doesn't bother me anymore. Yeah, me but neither. there would have been a time when I could not take my eyes off that. So in the beginning for me, I didn't go to a lot of these events. Or if I went, I always had an exit plan, meaning I always had something else to go to afterwards. Like some quote somewhere else to go? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or I actually did. I'd plan something else to do. Yeah. Or that somewhere else to go could be at home watching TV on my couch. Mm. You know, but they don't have to know that. I just, you know, I, I don't enjoy the company of people who are wasted. I don't either, funny so, enough. <laughs> so I don't find being yelled at. I don't find being... Uh, Same story the, repeating this, over and over again. I was just going to say that. I don't Laughing that, at shit that's not funny. It's not entertaining. No. So... Uh, when the room starts to change and the volume starts to go up, that's usually when I quietly make my exit. I used to feel, too, that I was obligated to go around and say goodbye to everybody. Yeah. And I found the easiest way now is to just grab my slip coat out. and slip out. And then I can send a nice thank you note to the host later. Yeah. Too. And I think, too, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves. Like, well, I have to go to this party. I have to go to this event. And it's like... Do you really have to? I would never been to an office party in my life that if I hadn't have gone, it would have affected my career or my relationships. Yeah. And I think most people who have a drinking problem overestimate that kind of environment. There are lots of people that don't have drinking problems that are like, I'm not going to go to that party because I don't feel like it. Yeah. It's not a good situation. Nope. And if you're making that excuse because you think your career, you know, it's important to your career, you might want to reevaluate your thinking. Because I don't think, like you just said, I don't think you need to go to a holiday Christmas party for your job. Yeah. That's not what it's about. Yeah. So um, what about foods and treats with booze in them? Oh, that's a great like one. Like trifles and liqueur-filled chocolates and those kinds of things. Yeah, for me, I'm... Like I said uh, in another podcast, I do use cooking wine occasionally, um, but that's it. And I, I feel that most of that alcohol just burns off. Um, but I, I do not like liqueurs in chocolates, the chocolate liqueurs. Yeah. I don't like those. Um, I think I had one once in early recovery. I bit into one, and as soon as that flavor of alcohol hit my mouth, I didn't, I didn't want it. Mm-hmm. I was done. And so I've never had them since. Um, because it brings up, it triggers me. That flavor of alcohol can trigger me. And I don't want to put myself in that position. Mm-hmm. And actually, I think they're kind of gross. I didn't drink alcohol because I liked the flavor. I drank it to get drunk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Take away these shitty feelings that I was having. Or to try to enhance a good feeling. To make myself feel even better than I was feeling. Yeah. So I just, I don't think it's for me. And uh, I don't think you're going to get fucking hammered on a box of 
uh, chocolate liqueurs. Uh, what is it? That's not what they're called, is it? Chocolate liqueurs? I think so. Yeah, okay. Yeah. A box of those. But I just think it's setting yourself up for uh, a possible relapse. Yeah. You I have mean, that taste in your mouth and then you want more. Yeah. And why would you want to mess with that? On a side note, I have found that substituting for wine, um, a really good quality high acidic balsamic vinegar, yes, watered down a bit, does almost the exact same thing. Okay. So that's how I, if I'm making like a beef stew or something, that's what I use instead of red wine. Okay. And I think it adds way better flavor. I'll subs- I'll try that. So give it a give it a whirl. Yeah, and it's not often. I mean, I'm not a huge chef anyway, but yeah, I can't even think of what I put it in. Oh, I think there's this uh, crock pot thing I make with um, drumsticks, mm-hmm. and it has a little bit of that in it mm-hmm. for flavor. But yeah, I could use the balsamic flavor. Try that. I mean, we all have t- different programs. We all have different things that are going to activate us. Mm-hmm. Um, I think mostly the problem with people in recovery around Christmas is really the pressure, the expectation, the preconceived notions, like it's going to be like this for me there, which is good for us to arm ourselves, but also to understand it may not actually be like that either. Mm -hmm. And like you said, it's okay to leave. It's okay to have an exit strategy. It's okay to lie about your exit strategy. I know we're supposed to be rigorously honest. That's about your alcoholism. If you're lying to get yourself out of something because you're protecting your sobriety, I think that's okay. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a big deal. Yeah. But it's hard to dissociate when you've been drinking for so long and New Year's or Christmas goes hand in hand with drinking. It's hard and it's going to take a lot of experiences to disentangle that. It's not going to take one time. And great thing for us. I mean, we live in a big city and I know like um, places like L.A., they have these clubhouses. We don't have clubhouses Alano? here. Alano? What? Alano? Is that what it's called? Like the houses that have 24-hour-a-day meetings? Yeah. Yeah, I've been to some in the That's state. That's so cool. I want to go sometime. I think we do have one because I heard a woman at the retreat this weekend talk about one. I think she's in Oshawa, Whitby. Oh. Well, find out where that is because I want to go. But um, okay. we, we do have a lot of meetings. And you hear it the whole month of December You'll go to a meeting and you'll find out, is the meeting like, oh, we have a meeting on Christmas Day? Yes, we do. There is a meeting, an all-day meeting on Christmas Day in the city of Toronto. There is Mm -hmm. a meeting at our home group on the 26th, and it's a medallion meeting. My bestie's medallion. That's right. I will be there. Yeah. So, you know, just look, just ask, phone intergroup, Uh, just go on the um, internet and uh, look at AA. intergroup or aa.org I think it is and you can look up the meetings and it will tell you what meetings are happening and what meetings aren't because of the holidays and as alcoholics we know that the holidays can be a trigger we know that they can be difficult so a lot of the um, groups try very hard to make sure their meetings are still going to happen and there's still a place where people can go and and be together Um, another thing I've done is I've gone to a family uh, gathering and made a meeting afterwards. That's my exit plan. That's a great idea. I have to go. I have to go to a meeting. Nobody in my fa- que- family now questions that. I have to leave early. I have to get to a meeting. That's great. Great. Have a great time. Yep. Yep. And then they can get silly after I leave. <laughs> and there's online meetings twenty four hours a day. I mean, yeah. it's these rooms exist for alcoholics so we make it very easy to find us and get in touch with us 
So you're never alone. You want to, you need something to share. You need support. Send us an email. Do whatever you can to support yourself because you're not alone. It's only in your own mind that you think that. We've had some really great emails from people who have reminded us that we are with them when they've gone someplace where they felt like they were going to be alone, usually like a family situation. And they've gotten out of the house and they've gone for a walk and they've listened to a podcast and all of a sudden, you know, they were reminded that they're not alone. They're here with us. Yeah. And if you happen to be listening to us on New Year's Eve or Christmas Day, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Yes. We love ya. And drop us a line and share some of, uh, maybe you have some special tips and tricks that you've learned that have helped you uh, get through holidays or parties. Always open to feedback and suggestions. Yes. Love to hear what they are. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much. Happy holidays. And um, remember, it's it's not that bad. It's going to be okay. And you're actually eventually going to love it and have a great time. Yeah. You're doing better than you think you are. Happy holidays. I'm Lisa. I'm Julie. And this has been Two Two Sober Sober Chicks. Chicks.